chance to one more chance to escape. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Good deal. Hey, everyone. This is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast, uh, bringing another special guest in here. You know, as a, you hear me say so often that uh, uh, <clears throat> after you've done these 12 steps and you've had this spiritual awakening, most people are hungry for more. And uh, there is wonderful. I love Bill Wilson says in there to reach out to teachers of or practitioners of various kinds. And that opens the door pretty wide to find some things to uh, to do to uh, complete that requirement that we continue to enlarge our spiritual lives. Um, I say this a lot, too. If you look around and you watch the news and you watch a lot of other things like that, you can look and see that the world looks like a really scary place. And to some extent it is. But by having guests on like mine today, uh, I see time after time that we have these people out there being a force for the good in the world. And uh, <clears throat> and I'm still convinced, just as I was when I was a little boy, that the good will overcome, uh, that the good will prevail. So let me tell you a little bit about and it's is it will you say your last name for me? Gwendolyn. Andrea Gwendelman. Yes. Almost like a Q at the beginning. Yeah. So Andrea Gwendelman is my uh, guest today. And here's just a little bit about her. I'll take it off. Uh, she's a writer, a speaker, an entrepreneur who specializes in expansive leadership, helping individuals and organizations unlock their potential through openness, uh, through deep and varied background. Through her deep and varied background from practicing law to tech startups, diversity initiatives to energy work, Andrea has come to embody an inspiring and unique kind of alchemy, fluidly transitioning between the worlds of business and spiritual growth. Her strength derives from the intersection of these forces and allows her to bring a unique energy and mindfulness forged with a keen business acumen to her work and those around her. I love to, <clears throat> I just, I love that kind of stuff. Um, I've had a little run into people and as you might to say a little bit about yourself, how are you doing tonight, Andrew? Doing really well. Good, good. Thank you. Um, how are you doing? I am fantastic. I've been, I have a little wood shop in my backyard and I've got a special project for a local artist here in town. And uh, I'm just uh, jacked up doing that. Love it. As you can see, I love art too. Yep. <laughs> this is from a local local artist in Boulder. Well, as I read about you, I've seen uh, some stuff about um, finding your creative self. Finding, um, I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but it seems to me that the people who thrive in recovery have found something like that. It seems to be uh, kind of like the same thing on when I'm helping other people. That's a, it seems to be a critical element of a satisfying life and doing something creative also seems to be an element of that. Already. So many people have trouble finding it. So many people have trouble finding it, letting themselves find it. Um, you know, because we're all inherently creative. Mm, we're down bad. Yeah, we're all creative, and I think uh, just, uh, uh, but we are not wired to be creative because, I mean, it depends in some, I guess in some cultures, in some families, it is fine and it's allowed, but in some other families and cultures, uh, it's a luxury to be creative, you know? And uh, so so we are not, we don't develop 
that as a main source of happiness in life, I think. Yeah. And if you're struggling to get dinner on the table, uh, the creative thing goes to the side. Exactly. If you're stressed and you have to, exactly as you're saying, a hundred percent. So what are some ways people can, where, how, how do you tap into that? I think that it is, I mean, I don't want to see it as a luxury, but I think I have to agree with you that uh, it is a luxury that, but many of us have, I mean, if, okay, if you're like really struggling to survive, you still have to be creative as to how you survive. You know, I've heard a lot of stories of people that I read on, on like, on the, you know, stories of entrepreneurs, because I'm an entrepreneur and I read about other entrepreneurs, I hear about people that have been at the brink of, you know, bankruptcy or, you know, losing it all, sleeping in their cars, and they have to become creative and they have created business that are worth millions, <clears throat> right? Yep. And you also hear the stories of the people that lost everything and then they rebuild it all again. And then you also have to, you also hear about the immigrants. I mean, I had a grandfather, my grandfather immigrated from Romania to Chile at the age of 50. He was 50 years old. Wow. He didn't speak the language. Did He was an engineer in, in Romania and had to uh, arrive in Buenos Aires in Argentina and had to be like selling construction materials. And then he moved again to Chile. Maybe he was 53 when he moved. And he started a business, you know, and then he ended up, he didn't become rich, but he left yeah. you know, like a, an apartment and something to my mother. I mean, from nothing, from having zero, coming with like literally zero money. And so um, I think that's a creative aspect of necessity that um, can generate amazing things, wealth, you know, all sorts of things. Because creativity is not just doing art, that's like an example, but like it is about creating a business, it's creating something where there nothing existed. And I think that being creative is, is, a, is a, you have to believe that you are, you have to believe that you can, you have to believe that it's possible. So you have to repeat it to yourself, like constantly. Yeah, give yourself permission. Yes. Um, I know I usually coach, I, I will talk to people about what that, what, what turns them on, what, what makes you, you know, most people have something they're doing that they really like to sit and do, you know, maybe it's strumming on a guitar, maybe it's painting, maybe it's taking pictures, maybe it's crocheting. Um, usually somewhere in there, there's something that just takes a little work. And like in my area, um, it's been squashed. You know, it, it's it's a bit it's went to a very low priority if drugs and alcohol have taken you over the creative thing and that. But, okay, but, let me, but let me ask you a question that mm. is fascinating. Sometimes drugs sometimes make you more creative. Sometimes. So how do you balance that? Because I think that a lot of people start with drugs because it makes you more creative. It gives you like maybe that energy that you don't have normally. And it, it seems to at first. <laughs> It's usually, right. but you know, the, the whole addiction thing is, is that it swallows you up and it takes that away from you after a certain time. If you have that addictive personality, you know, not everybody has that. Not everybody has that wired where that it sweeps them away. Some people can do it a little bit and use stuff recreationally and it doesn't have a negative impact on their lives. 
uh, some people cannot. <laughs> yeah. So those who, like I said, the people that I deal with have, they've, they've hit the bottom. They, their drugs and alcohol consumed everything that was good in their lives. Yeah, totally. Um, sorry, you were asking a question and I interrupted you with that question. So, <laughs> I, as I said, I just kind of do it by the seat of my pants. So I didn't have any formulated question uh, going on. Um, it was just ways to, uh, and I thought saw something in here about helping people find that creativity in their lives, you know, and, and that. That was something that uh, it was yeah. one of the topics on here, and it would yeah. be particularly uh, uh, applicable to my people. <laughs> mm. It's a little bit about me. I mean, I I I started my life. Um, I grew up in Chile at the time that there was a dictatorship in Chile. Augusto Pinochet. I, I don't know if you ever heard of Pinochet, but he was a dictator in Chile. And so I grew up in a country that was very much, all the creatives had been either killed, expelled from the country because they were all communist or whatever. And I also grew up with a mother that escaped communism. So she also hated communism. Like, but the, the point is that the country was pretty, uh, was pretty kind of like devoid of any artists or creativity because they were considered sub, uh, sub, subversive. So they were... <clears throat> allowed they were not allowed to teach they were not so there was no incentive where i grew up to do anything creative like it was just so interesting and i always was thirsty 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 for creativity for so i would write i would write a lot and then there were things that you were allowed to you were allowed to write or things like that but and theater was something that was allowed a little bit but uh, so I think I always wanted, you know, a creative career. But I, I, you know, I, 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 I follow my my parents were immigrants, and and I ended up going to law school, which is like uh, the opposite of like being creative. And uh, I hated it so much; I was so unhappy. I ended up leaving leaving the country, Chile, to come to the United States because I was so unhappy. And I came here and I, the only thing I could do really, I tried not to be a lawyer, but I had to be a lawyer again to serve, to make a living. So I had to take the bar and do all those things. And, but I mean, I was starving for creativity. And um, so at some, some point I quit and I, it was very much, very difficult to quit a career that you had. I had a career for 10, 12 years. Um, everybody once against was against me, my family, my, my husband, I, no one wanted me to quit because, you know, and I did, and I took the, the risk of starting something entrepreneurial, and it was very hard at the beginning. And, uh, but I persisted and persisted, and I'm here after 10 years, uh, still doing it. And I think that what makes me wake up in the morning and what makes me excited every day is like that I'm creating stuff. So I, I'm constantly creating something. Like if I'm not creating in my business because it's it's slow, because I'm waiting for other people to do things, I invent something else to create. But I'm always creating because if I am always creating, I don't get depressed. Because if a project gets slow, I create something else. Because then you don't put all your anxiety in one thing. But I think that um, having projects or things that you create um, takes away that anxiety that maybe it would make you consume drugs. Maybe it would make you like 
do things that are stupid, but if you're in immersed in your app and stop being, basically your mind doesn't like go around and around and around because you like focus on a project and really focus. And when you stop that project, you do another project, right? Like, so I do think that, and, and you, the woodworking is very, for me, that's kind of the very similar, right? Cause you're like a project, the woodworking, I have to finish this. It's like almost like a compulsive obsession. I did drugs. <clears throat> yeah. I did plenty of drugs. I, I did cocaine. I did like, you name it. I was like, I was kind of a little bit of a drug addict growing up very, very young. Like maybe I was 15 when I started using cocaine. Mm-hmm. And I used it until 17. Like, I mean, I, I kind of was saved by, a, by, a, I also, also almost went to jail as well because someone actually, I was selling cocaine from my, I wasn't selling it for money, but I was like, oh, my friends who have brought cocaine from Peru and were selling it in my house. And, one of the guys got caught and he almost had to go mm. testify. So I also was like in that, I was going in that direction, but I also was an A student. So I would do a lot of drugs on the weekend and during the week, and then I would stop and study like crazy. But it's very similar because it's, it's like very intense. So for the people that are addictive, personalities like I have an addictive personality not as much that I think I know when when I've hit the limit and I can retract you know or I've been able to do that in my life mm-hmm. uh, but I think that for people with addictive personalities and I'm one of them is com- when you're compulsive because it's compulsion is compulsion yeah I think that having you know getting compulsive about creating something whatever yeah. it is <clears throat> Yeah, redirect that. One thing, and I would say, don't create just one thing. I'm compulsive, and I create ten things at the same time because that's how I control my 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 anxiety. You know. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I don't know what that that redirecting that same focus that we might have on <clears throat> um, a harmful activity, you take that same energy and you refocus it on something that is good. That's something that I mean, fulfills I- you. Exactly, like studying. I mean, this got me crazy, but studying something like becoming obsessive about, let's say, studying something can be the same high yep. you get. It's really hard to say that if you're like, but but it really could be, you know, like a high of like being completely immersed in something. Um, and uh, so I think that, but okay, so it's hard. it's hard to... But the question was, how do you become creative? And especially, it's hard to think, how do you become creative when you are in an in a state of need, when you need, you know, to survive, when you have, uh, you don't have time, when you, you know. And I think that, that um, I think it's just, uh, I think it, what I would do in that situation, I would try to uh, listen to as much uh maybe audios or anything that makes you like reprogram your subconscious mm-hmm. to like know that you're capable of everything so if you know you're capable of everything and that everyone that started like uh basically was the same as you at some level and they just thought that they were capable it, it's just like a matter of like trying and trying and trying and trying and yep. We say we throw it on the wall and see what sticks. If it's got any interest to you whatsoever, give it a try. And if you don't like it, do something else. I let's let's stay there. I agree hundred percent. So I think one of the things that we are educated with is like 
well, that's so crazy. Should you, you shouldn't do that because where, where, where does it take you? Why should you do, why should you do woodworking? Yeah. It doesn't help you with anything. Where are you going to sell it? How much are they going to pay? No, don't do woodworking. You like, can't make what, a living doing that. Right. But at, at the end of the day, if you like, it's only, you should only do the things that really you're passionate, you love, because that's what will give you like, and that will take you to something else. And because of that, you will meet somebody else. And because of that, I mean, I mean, just like doing what you love takes you to new, new paths. Yeah. And new paths give you hope and hopes open up your, your, your like capacity to see opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, uh, and I think you were on a parallel. I worked in um engineering firm for a long time and it got to a point where it was actually fulfilling to me when I was learning how to do it. But I got to a point where it was no longer fulfilling to me, but I couldn't let go of that security blanket because it was great pay, great benefits, great uh retirement. You know, it had all that stuff, but I could not let go of it. And the universe, thankfully plucked me off of that one day and and i had just a year or two before had built this wood shop in my backyard and had kind of like taken some action to this stuff like with a dream that maybe someday i could do that but i couldn't let go of it and thankfully uh, you know they they laid me off one day uh which i knew exactly what that was i thanked the universe right that moment when it happened uh and and kind of threw me in the sink or swim pool and and i had to go you know at some level i had this dream going on and i and i it was really the only thing i had going on so that's what i had to go do uh and and you know we're four years into it and it's working out beautifully (laughs) is it like you have a business doing uh woodworking yep for like for like other I'm, I'm multi-talented. Sometimes I'm building just built-in bookshelves for somebody's home, you know, inside that kind of thing. But sometimes I'm doing stuff more artsy. Uh, I, I carve stuff like that back there and uh, make, I don't know, I have a little, this is, you know, just sometimes just cutting stuff out of wood to, for somebody's name or whatever. This is a, this is actually a retreat that I hold every May. And this was the third one. And I make, that's my shirt and everything says that on it, but I, it runs a gamut. I, I, and then when I'm not doing that, uh, I run around handyman uh, around town and that gets me in people's faces that generates more work. Cause I come over and fix your faucet for you. And I tell you, Hey, what I really like to do is woodworking. And they go, Oh, really? Well, do you want maybe, you know, and, and it generates uh, leads for me, uh, you know, instead of paying people to get me, give me leads, people are paying me to give me leads. <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. <clears throat> but I had to let all that happen and I had to let go of the fears behind it. And a lot of that was forced upon me because of, uh, like I said, I didn't, I didn't have a, you know, I had lost my career. Um <clears throat> But it was a story of, you know, that put some, you know, have a dream and then put some action behind it this and was let the universe bit, do it. Exactly. A little bit of that. So I think mm-hmm. you hit on something interesting, which is that it's important to have a goal all the time. I think when you don't have a goal, you fall to the cracks could be like drugs, could be low self-esteem, could be whatever, right? If you don't have goals, uh, whatever the goals are, but at the same time, like the important thing is not to get so attached to those goals, 
to the outcome of those goals that you get so nervous that you kind of like don't let the energy flow because a lot yeah. of times we self-sabotage because we're so impatient with seeing the the results. And I tell you that I've done that in my life and <clears throat> so impatient, so impatient. Yep, we want it. We want it now. You want it now. And the, the, the thing is that important for creativity, important for like happiness, really, is just to give one step at a time, really one step at a time. There's nothing else you can do. Yep. There's nothing else that you can do. And if you're recovering, I'm sure you know that. I mean, one day, that, that's what yep. comes. I guess today, today I was sober. And that's it, you know, and that's all it. I, all yep. I have is today, right? All I have is today. So, the same so thing with the steps. We're going to do step one, and then we're going to do step two. And, you know, it's just, yeah. it's the old, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You know, it's just. Exactly. And I think that living right like next. that, living more like that is super important. Like, I, I have started living like that recently. No, no, no. It has been, because as an entrepreneur, and I quit my job, and I wanted everything immediately, and like, you know, and, and it's just like suffering and suffering yeah. and uh, until I kind of relax. And I'm like, okay, this is a creative life, the one I'm living. And I don't know where it's taking me. And I have no idea what will be the outcome. So the outcome I want is to sell my company. Well, it might be something else, you know, it might be, I have no idea, you know? And so I'm trying, so I that's how I live now. And I, I feel like every time I get anxious, I remember, I really do talk to myself and I say, what are you anxious about? What's going on? And then you realize it's everything in your head. The head is spinning, spinning, spinning. So you put yourself in, in situations where your head doesn't spin anymore. I think a lot of people do drugs because of that, because they don't want their head to, to spin Not anymore. It. But why don't you exhaust yourself, for example? I go to a hot springs, for example. Mm. I don't know if you guys have hot springs where you live. But that's a sure way to like relax your body and kind of read and like totally surrender. Because then your surrender, you don't have the opposition, the monkey mind. And you can let ideas come in without you interfering and they come and they come. So like the hot springs, but also like doing a very extraneous hike or something, a lot of exercise that really leaves you exhausted. Um, those are all ways to really like surrender, surrender, surrender and not think. Because I think the goal is just not to have that constant like obsession. Like it's all uh, created because at the end of the day, you don't, there's nothing. There's only today. And today, if you're like really present, you can figure out stuff, you know, figure out yep. stuff. You can't always figure out stuff. Well, if you, you know, I think that as, as it says here, you know, that, and as you mentioned, you know, it's, it's there, you got to find like how to unbury it. You got to get the stuff off the top of it. That's keeping it down and things like you were saying, uh, you know, we use meditation as a big part of the 12 steps to slow that mind down. And everybody, I actually just got off the phone with a guy who I'm starting the path on right now. Our first official conversation was right before this podcast. And I asked him about that and it's a mind races. He can't, you know, there's no way he could meditate his mind races. I can't sit still for 30 seconds. And I said, well, <clears throat> then we're going to start trying to do it for one minute. 
right? If you can only go 30 seconds, let's, let's try one minute because these things are a practice and it's not going to come right now. I have to start setting this stuff in motion and, and, you know, you don't, it has to be recultivated. You have to do things to, to, to slow the mind down and to practice your creativity and, and, uh, again, like you said, and especially, you know, alcoholics and drug addicts, pills and or alcohol and dope works pretty good right now. <laughs> you know, you get the you get the outcome you were wanting really quickly. And uh, but for the most part, the universe doesn't work like that. If there's a you know, some people will say it happens in God's time. If some you'll hear, you know, and it's that you got to you got to surrender to that timeline. And you'd said, you know, I'm not I'm not responsible for the outcome. I'm responsible for today's actions. Yes, exactly. A hundred percent. And I think that. That releasing the outcome, so having goals, I what I do a lot is that I write, I write a, I did, I've done this since I was very young. But I write all I want. I write, I write, I have journals all over the, the house always. But normally what I do is that very often I write what I want from life. Mm, yeah. So I put everything, everything I want. I mean, everything, who I want to work with, you know, what do I want to achieve? These are the projects I want to work with. And like, what are the goals in each project? What I want to see happening? Uh, don't do things with my family. Whatever is happening for me, I you know, the things I want and not like, but they have to feel like authentic. Like I can't say I want to be like a billionaire tomorrow. Like, I don't know. It's like more like I want to make, you know, $50,000 more this year. I want to, I don't know, like things that are like high aspirations, but like not crazy, you know, like out of my reach completely. Like they could happen, right? They could happen. So, uh, I put all those things and then I forget about them. And a lot of times I go back to look at, you know, what I wanted. And normally almost always I get it. Yeah. There's like, something ma- magic about that pen and paper. And, uh, and, you know, there's the, that's the thing behind people do vision boards where they put out what their goals are. And, uh, and then, there's something about creating that. Yes, absolutely. Because you create your reality, you create, and that's why the vision board, but at the same time, it's super important to let it go. So that's what the vision board makes me a little bit nervous because it's going to be in front of you. Always hanging there. It's going to be like, I don't have that, but I don't have that. Yeah. Maybe put it behind the bed. (laughs) Maybe put your vision board behind the bed or behind the dresser. Get it out once in a while. Do it. If you want to do a vision board, or write it, but then don't look at it. Really don't look at it. Like, just like write it, do it, and let it like, because what we don't want to have is like this constant, like, I don't have that. Ah, but I don't have that, but I don't have that. And that's like super like negative vibration at the end of the day. Right, yeah. That's doesn't help you. You want to raise your vibration, vibration. You want to know that that's what you want. And you're asking the universe and you're asking, God, or you're asking whoever you believe in, hey, this is what I would like. And I'm I'm here at your service. Like I am here at your service. Please help me. And and the, also help me if this is the best thing for me. Because if there's something better, I also am re- I'm opening to receive something better. Okay. So if you're like suffering, let's say, because 
your husband left, your wife, no sé, whatever, right? And you're like, ah, like, that person, but then maybe there's a better person for you out there. Or maybe, you know, like you really don't know what, what is better for you. So to like really, I feel surrender a lot. The whole yeah. exercise, I think the whole constant exercise in life is just to surrender. And and that's that's kind of the key, but it's it's really hard to do, right? I mean, it's really yeah, easier said than done. The cliche, done, but we can practice it every day. I mean, you can practice it every day with like little things and surrendering to like little little things, you know, um, surrendering to anything that is not under your control. You just do what is in control. You you don't worry about things you cannot control. Or I'll worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow. And today I won't worry about tomorrow. I will worry about today. What is it that I can do today? Ah, I can do that thing. I can file that paper. I can, you know. It's the bottom line. The same thing with a whole lot of things is, you know, be here now. It's staying in the present moment. It's it's that stuff really works. It, if I if I dwell on the past or I get too hung up in the future, uh, I'm not spending time in the present. Uh, it's I like uh, there's also. You know, sometimes it doesn't go the way like the the plan wasn't the way I wanted it, but it's still something to, that's in alignment with me, you know, and I, I I don't block that off. I go ahead and receive that, even though it wasn't exactly what I wanted, because if I if I reject that, then that's going to cut that flow off of the the other things coming to me. Uh, you can I you think can that, get, yes, that the flow thing is such an important concept. Yeah. And how do you, maybe like, this is an interesting thing, so how, how do you define flow for you? What is it like when you're in flow? What is it for you? What are, What is happening? And why do you think it's so important? Because why why should we say that flow is so important? Like, whoa. I mean, I'm just curious, like, and then I'll give you my yeah. answer. Okay. Well, I have two. One of them is when I am working on something and time just flies and the world disappears and I'm in that. Well, I can't remember what the writer's name is. I can't pronounce it. It's Russian. Um, <clears throat> when I'm in that flow state and it doesn't, you know, just for instance, it's like when I'm doing my uh, woodworking at times and I look up and it's 2 a.m., you know, and I, <laughs> whoops, I meant to get to bed tonight. And I love that. I, I cultivate it and I stay in it. And then there's another universe flow that's separate from that that where things are flowing, I'm like in a stream of life and I am, and, and there's things for me almost, uh, this is just, this is a little bit corny here, but there's like treasures laid along in that stream that are for me. And, uh, I had to be careful about which ones of the, of not rejecting these things that are, uh, camouflaged to something maybe that I don't think that I want. Uh, because that might be just a step that that blocks me from getting down further down the line to where my real goal is. And so like flip my, my own personal flow and then this stream of life, this flow of energy into my life. From, and that, that seems to come, you know, my flow state is inside of me. I can feel that when I'm working. But there's this other flow that is not under my control that is out in the world. And uh, I don't know, it's kind of it's they're, they're related. You- how do you align to a flow state that is in the universe? How do you how do you like put yourself in that in that in that well, mode? Of- after having woken up, let's say from my old state of being, 
which has taken a while and I'm still growing today. You know, there's no end point. I didn't, I can't, I didn't get there uh, just because I've gotten sober for a little while. I'm still a student. Uh, it awakened my conscience. And to some extent, if I put stuff out into the universe that in, in like my conscience, I know if I listen to it, I know what's right for me once I'm tuned in, once I'm, so I don't really have any question anymore if, if, if it's something that I should pick up or something I should not. It's my higher self is guiding me if I will allow it to. I heard a guy say the other day, wisdom is the ability to listen to your conscience. Uh, usually I know if I, if I stay tuned in and I don't fog it up with the open booze for me and, uh, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm doing the next right thing on a regular basis, I will know where to where to turn and where to go straight and 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 what what tunes you out and maybe this will be helpful to your audience because yeah we all go through those moments in which we're like so alone one thing and the other and it's flowing it's like you're going down the river no resistance you know one thing happens and the other and you're like this but then something happens right something happens someone says something to you that triggers you you get like something in your stomach, like, like, and then like it turns you off and then the energy gets like, so. How, yeah, it's a tough call. That, huh? It's a tough call to what to do at those moments at times. It is. Um, you, or you could have a calamity. You could have something happen in your life. Like that just totally happened. derails everything. Really bad news that you receive. Really bad news. Yeah, right. Yeah. You lose a loved one. You well, that's an extreme. Lose a pet. Yeah, I know that's way out there, but those things, those bumps in the road happen too. Right. You know, it I mean, could be anything from a small thing to a big thing can derail you. Well, I, what I try to do, and this is like hard to do, though, but and I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert, but I, I try to, is that I try mm-hmm. to like lean into my discomfort. So mm-hmm. someone says like, I'm going flowing, but then someone says something, they like say something that I get so annoyed and I want to kill them or you know, really want to like, or they, they, they send you poison. Some people like they send you poison, but yeah, they right. send you poison because you receive poison. You know that. Yeah. That is right. right. So I always, when I see, okay, when the, I get the poison, I get the poison. Right. And I said, I always like, so what I try to do is I try to like sit there with the poison and ask to myself, why am I receiving this poison? Because what, why is, is it mine? Why am I like, why am I a, a victim of the poison? Where is it coming from that I internalized somebody else's anger or criticism or, and I sit there and ask myself, oh, well, Andrea, why are you feeling like, why, why does this person make you feel, why, why? And what's the worst that that's gonna happen to me? Okay, maybe I don't really need to talk to them anymore for like maybe, you know, maybe forever, maybe for a week or maybe for a month. I don't need to like really talk to them because, okay, so you just, but like that, like sort of that conversation with myself about why am I feeling that way? Where is it coming from? Because it comes a lot of times, ah, this comes from like being criticized. I said, like, I identify why I get affected so much by somebody's yeah. comment. But then I'm like, okay, so how do I deal with this? Like, because the, the, the fear, right? I'm like, okay, just to deal with this, I will, you know, there's nothing you have to do, Andrea. You don't have to answer an email. You don't have to answer a text. You don't have to like, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And so I think I count like learning to calm yourself down, like the same way that you would calm a baby down, a child down, right? Yeah. But you, you yourself coming, doing that beautiful thing of holding yourself, like as you would do to a child, I think super, 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 super important. Yeah, I do. Uh, I agree completely. You know, and sometimes when I have feelings, I have to feel those feelings. I don't, I can't dodge them. I can't, I'm, I'm going to have to face them head on. And um, I've got this wonderful tool in my program where I have this man, I call my sponsor and I am free to tell him anything. So one of the things, if something, if something, if there's a hitch in my giddy up, uh, then I have this guy I call and for some reason, just telling him about it diffuses things sometimes. And then there's other times where he'll say, Hey man, what are you thinking? And one of the lines that he always, a lot of times, not all the time, but when certain things happen is, uh, he'll help me figure out what the universe is telling me by this particular thing that's going on in my life. You know, uh, sometimes people are a mirror for me, you know, and I'm doing something like that. And, and when somebody does it to me, I get my, get all bothered by it, but to process it with another, with, with another person. And then we also, you know, you, you explain to think we say in our 10th step where we continue to take personal inventory. I might sit down and write about that. I might sit down and journal about this particular event and see what, uh, why, like you said, why is this? Why am I receiving? Why? What is up with this poison I just tasted? <clears throat> super, super. That's a, it's like a, and especially when you're like very close to somebody, when it's someone in your family, you know, that you live with, mm-hmm. it's even harder because you live with them. So, so I'm not saying this is very easy to like at all. No. But. Yeah, you might have to have a conversation with that person. Sometimes you really can't have conversations. Yeah. Like especially, sometimes you can't, but sometimes you can. Yeah, but I think sometimes like you are getting so triggered that that everything will trigger you. So like to calm yourself down is kind of the most important part of of it. Yeah. Mm. We have a well, um, you know, we have another little line in here. You know, this stuff give me operating guidelines on how to do life, and one of them is pretty simple. That it says pause when agitated or doubtful. Uh, just stop, <laughs> just put oh. the brakes on man for a minute, yeah. you know, uh, don't run head on into the crash. <laughs> stop for a minute. Right. Don't know. send an email. Don't send a text. <clears throat> don't have a phone call. Just don't do anything. Yeah. Because, uh, I tend to want to do the whack-a-mole where I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to confront everything head on right now and get it checked off the list and move forward. And most, you know, what I love today is how many times what I think is a perceived problem. If I just get out of the way, yeah, it's of of zero importance. It's like zero important. Like a lot of times, like when, wow, this is, and then like you just take distance and it's like, what? What was I like? Who cares? You know, you can laugh at yourself. Golly, I got wound up about that, didn't I? Nothing. For sure. Yeah. And sometimes it's real stuff and uh, it doesn't need my involvement. Yeah. You know, it doesn't need my involvement to get, you know, keeping my resolve. nose in my lane. You know, it doesn't need my involvement to resolve itself. Um, my job yes. is to step out of the way and just let the universe handle it. That is so true. That's so wise. That is so wise. A lot of the times, like, yeah, it's like the least you do, like sometimes like what you have to do is not do anything. 
Yeah, the right action is inaction. Sometimes, a lot of, yeah, sometimes it is. But having the having the ability to know when what that stuff is, it's it's not always easy. No. That's what I have that, you know. That's, yeah. what, that's what we're talking about, living in a flow. Because if you're in a flow, you know when to act. And you know when to not act. And like you're following the rhythm and the rhythm tells you and it's just the, the right rhythm. And Yep. Yeah, we call it spiritual. When I'm spiritually fit, I say the, the skids are greased. I rarely have yeah. to. It's like everything is well lubricated, you know, and I really don't. So I can just jump in the flow and, and and go with it and cool things happen. And, you know, I don't notice they're happening when they're right in front of me. Where I notice them is when I look in the rearview mirror after it's already past me. And I thought, boy, that was cool. Uh, that thing just happened. And, and, I, I, and the, the fact that you can. The, the 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 part that I love about the spiritual work that that we do, you know, is when you're able to alchemize. So exactly exactly these things that someone tells you sends you poison, and you transfer that poison, like as a tai chi kind of like practitioner, you transfer that poison into like maybe motivation to something else, yeah. maybe awareness of something you didn't know. And compassion because, you know, you just realize that there's something about that, that, you know, like anything that changes the energy to like a dagger to like, instead of like penetrating you, like, so you receive the dagger, but you're like here and you like are able to like work with it and transform it into something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like it off into something positive. Right. And I think the alchemy, like just being able to alchemize things, yeah. uh, problems, you know, uh, it's just like, um, I think that's really creative. I talk about creativity, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it takes some creativity to be aware and to be able to make that move, you know, cause it's, it's stuff that <clears throat> sometimes it happens and, and, it's that I have to detach from it to allow it to happen. And I almost sometimes can't really take credit for it. Sometimes it didn't feel like it was me, uh, but I did something that changed this event into something else. And uh, it's almost like standing outside myself and seeing it happen. Uh, it's, uh, But <clears throat> that, you know, when people want to know how you do that and, you know, <laughs> I've had to practice this way of life um, for real to get there. Uh, it didn't just happen. It sometimes it feels like a, Living on an alternate plane. I like the movie in the Matrix when they're working. You know, have you seen the Matrix? The movie with, yeah. uh, and like the bullets are running by and he's dodging them and they're yeah. not. He's not even having yeah. to uh, hardly try to do that. Yeah. So you feel like that. You feel like at times. Yes. And do you think that 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 woodworking has been particularly like important for that? I do. Yes. Yes. Because it allows you to 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 be calm, right? To like practice, like being kind of like so centered. Yeah. It is like my hot springs. I go to a hot spring. Like your wood, your woodworking. Where do you like, live? I live in Colorado. Colorado. It's full of hot springs where I live. Yep, yep, yep. And um, I totally. I little troop of buddies that just came back from their elk hunt and I'm on tomorrow night. I'm going to interview them about their trip. I went with them a couple of years ago. Where, uh, where did they go? Uh, some it's near Granby, Colorado, Grand oh, nice. Lake, Granby. Yes, that yeah, area. Granby's very nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love, yeah, Colorado's full of So your hot springs. I didn't mean to derail you. I was just curious. You yeah, live in a very beautiful place. state. I mean, I live uh, an hour away from the closest hot, hot springs. And then, but I go everywhere, in, everywhere I go in my life is looking for hot springs everywhere. Yeah. I've been in them in Idaho. Uh, I haven't been. That's the only place I can think of. And there's actually a place a little bit north of Indiana. It's called French Lick. And it has some sort of hot springs like that. That's not too far away. But I don't know too much about the local one. But I know the one out there in Idaho is like you were on top of a mountain. It's like, where did this hot water come from? How did it get up here? <laughs> uh, and it was it was wonderful. You can kind of gimmick yourself into that in a way, you know, those are, and I don't mean that that's a gimmick, but there's things that you can expose yourself to that will open up, uh, open up things in you that you weren't aware of. But, yeah. You know, you exactly. do the cold plunges, right? The cold plunges too, like those that give you more energy, the cold plunges give you more energy and positivism and they're anti-depression. I would say that. Cold plunges are amazing for like against depression mm. or if, if you're feeling in, inactive, right? If you're feeling like, like run down, you're feeling like no motivation, like cold plunges are like the best. The hot springs and the hot and like maybe the steam room sauna. or the sauna, they kind of like lower all your defenses so that you can really kind of like surrender and not think and not like, but the gold plan just, you will not think either, but like, it's a different effect. Different so effect, like, yeah. Yeah, it's a different effect. It's like, but if you want creativity, I feel like the hot springs, the, the hot. Sound, like something really hot will let you like, sort of like surrender, relax and have things flow into your mind. Yeah. You know, like yeah. things are like, in a From way, it softens everything, you know, kind of like if you put some a stick of butter in the hot, yeah. it softens yeah. and uh, it softens lets and us like soften it. our being so that things can come in that are otherwise yeah. blocked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very neat. Um, what is your, what What are some of the main purposes? What do you do? Well, we've got a few more minutes here and uh, just, <clears throat> you know, you created this thing you spoke of. Uh, what is it? your main line of your main mission? Oh, I don't think that I have a main mission. Um, but I, I've been creating um, a company for, um, you know, I've created a, the first thing I created was a community for um, Latinas in the United States. That was my first calling because I had lived in New Mexico and I realized that uh, when I moved to Colorado, there were a lot of jobs in technology here and I didn't see any Latinos. And I was like, that was my first, it's like, why, where are they? And I created this network and then that was like the mission and then it turned into something else. And, and I'm still like building off that mission and it's been a process, but I also now I'm creating like a, a retreat in the hospital. I'm also creating, you know, I have an art gallery that I like run during the summer okay. I to promote local, local artists. So um, I think my main thing is doing the business, my, my business, which now is a interview preparation platform for like any candidate. So, you know, a lot of candidates are lost. They don't know how to prepare for an interview and they're, mm. you know, and they don't pass the interview because they just didn't know what they had to do. 
And so this helps companies tell candidates what to do. Yeah. Sounds like it's based on helping other people. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's underneath of, of it. Uh, it's interesting to watch how many, uh, how many, uh, <clears throat> you think of the word, but how many people are having something successful going on when the baseline is, is they're helping other people. That's, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it started because I wanted to help other people, but um, it's yeah, it's grown like it has evolved into this, and and then along the way, this journey of of, of entrepreneurship has created a lot of you know suffering because it's so difficult, mm. and that I had to like really turn into spirituality to survive, and that's why I am here talking to you today, basically. Yeah. All right. Well, I love, it is so cool to get to know people and get to speak with people through this medium that I would have never run into in any other way. I'm a little, this little, I'll say I'm a new Omni hillbilly. Yeah, um, I love it. It's so, it's so nice yeah. to meet you too. I also wouldn't have run into someone like you. So it's great. Mutually. Yeah, it is really cool. Uh, yeah. And I'd get high yeah. doing this. I know? love like different, like, and I love the United States because of that, because it's so it's like traveling to a different country every time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it. this is one of those things that replaces that old stuff. And I get high, I get juiced up. I get excited when I do this. You know, it, it, it it's fun and it's flow state kind of thing because you blink your eyes and the hour has gone by. And, uh, you know, like knocking around these concepts with people, you know, getting each other's points of view on how you see. Uh, basically, we're kind of still, we're both looking at the same thing, but we see it a little differently. You know, you have right. your way in mind and I, I love can learn from yours and as well. So thank you so much. Yeah. Is there anything you want to talk about that? Uh... No, no, I think we cover so much. I got a great All time. Right. Good <laughs> deal. Well, I've enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for coming and playing with me at the Spiritual Underground. And uh, have a good evening. You too. Thank uh, you. 